Hello everyone and welcome to Off The Block Swimming Podcast Season Number 4. Thank you all very much for downloading our show today wherever you are right now in this crazy world. I am your host, Robbie Cox. Now before we get into today's very special guest, I just wanted to let all our loyal listeners out there know that we have started our own line of merchandise for the podcast, now on sale right now. The original tees are out there. It's the OTB Crew line. Uh, we have many, many other clothing items coming your way, including hoodies, singlets, even socks. But for right now, we have the OTB Crew original tee available for purchase on our website. So please make sure you click on the link tree in our bio. Follow that link to our website to purchase yours today as well as being an awesome t-shirt which it definitely is it's equally as important because it's another way to support the podcast that you guys are loving each and every week we deliver all over the world so yes even our listeners in the usa or the uk can get their hands on some merch so what are you waiting for Jump on our Insta page right now, follow the link tree to our website and purchase an OTB Crew original tea today to become a part of the crew. But that's it. It's enough selling for one show. It's time to crack on with the show. Take your mind. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. for the very first time and we've changed it up a little bit today from our normal format as you know usually we are talking to legendary swimmers from around the world but what i wanted to start to do is bring you guys some stories that are a little bit different and definitely still stories that matter and this is certainly the case today as i introduce to you miss kirsten norden uh, the founder and uh, runner and owner of swimnastics uh, a fantastic fantastic uh, initiative and 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 fantastic um, exercise, um, what would you call it, Kirsten? What would you call, how would you explain swimnastics as I uh, horribly introduce you? That was the best introduction I've ever had. Well, I started great and then I tripped over. No, no, no. It is a tricky concept to describe. Uh, I guess that's why I chose the name swimnastics. At first, everyone laughed at me um, for choosing such a, I don't know, maybe corny name. And then all of a sudden, the next week, everyone was like, actually, that has a ring to it. You need mm. something that has a ring to it. It says what it is. Um, and I guess now the kids, they say, I'm going to swimnastics. So it's become like, I'm going to Pilates. Like, I am going to swimnastics. So, but that doesn't answer what it is, I guess. So <laughs> it, it it's a dry land program. So it keeps um, getting more and more diverse, I would mm. say. It definitely started off as gymnastics for developing swimmers and then it keeps growing as my knowledge grows as I keep kind of interweaving into this community and finding little gaps that I I have knowledge in or I want to learn more of so that I can provide and service um, to the community and it's a fun community. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And you're doing a tremendous job of that. As I said, you know, for, for the listeners out there, I, I met Kirsten up on the Gold Coast at uh, Australian Age Championships. Barry Prime introduced me to you and, and, you know, we had a great chat. And I remember, I think I took down the ch- checked on Instagram. Oh, yes, gymnastics. And then, um, I, you know, I kind of left it at that for then. I thought, oh, she's a nice chick, you know, walked away from it. And then I was looking at my own program and thinking, what do we need and what can we do? And um, ding, I, I remember that chat with Kirsten up on the Gold Coast. I was like, actually, I, I really liked that concept. Let's get into that. Um, talk to me about how that started for you. So for anyone who doesn't know, you, you were a gymnast uh, as well, a competitive gymnast for, for many years. How, how, did, how far did you go with that to start with? And then how did you sort of transition into this whole gymnastics thing? Yeah, so it's something that, um, yeah, I guess is not the, the most linear path. No, it's not the really one that everyone else has followed, no. <laughs> so what how where did, where were all the pivots on the way you're a rebel you're up? creating your own roads Kirsten and I love it <laughs> I'm pretty sure my parents would probably agree we were talking about Charlie just before I think I was the same I wasn't very good at following <laughs> um hence probably why they put me in gymnastics where you do you learn to follow you mm. learn um so I was a gymnast till I was 15 um and I was strong and I was flexible but I like it did scare the bejesus out of me, some of the stuff we we're doing. Um, and I always ran and swam. So my parents, you weren't allowed to go to the beach unless you swam. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always swam, was good in the water, um, always ran. My dad was a marathon runner um, and did triathlons. So it was a sporty family. My mum's um, in gymnastics and sport was what we did. Um, but the pivot was when I got stress fractures in my back Um I kind of I was 15 and things were getting really scary for me in gymnastics. So I was with my physio and she wanted me to move to running. And I was like, oh, that's a bit boring after, you know, flinging around. Yeah. Um, so I switched to triathlon um, at that age. And that's when I was in the water and loved it. Just loved being in the water and actually swimming. Um, so my background was a bit of a hybrid as an athlete. Um, I guess gymnastics does give you that base where you can pick up anything really, really quick. So I got that experience when I moved sports. So I got to triathlon. I was shocking on the bike, shocking. Um, But I picked it up quick because I was strong. And part of the problem was that I actually was almost too strong for my handling skills. Mm. (laughs) So it was like having these legs that know how to work, but not having someone that could steer. A bit dangerous, probably. <laughs> yeah, it does sound that way. <laughs> <laughs> then um, in the pool, I definitely started out the back. Um, as much as we were doing swimming as kids, um, I wasn't really doing much at all. Um, and I just picked things up quick. So if a coach gave a correction, you know, I was taught that if you were given a correction, you think about that correction literally for every repetition Mm. until that correction is your new habit. And that's what you're taught as a gymnast because you land on your face if you don't make that correction. So your coach doesn't actually have to keep telling you, you just keep landing on your face. So Mm -hmm. you learn pretty quick. You don't want to be landing on your face. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I then just moved through the squad really, really quickly because I was strong, I was flexible and I was a good athlete like I just knew how to be an athlete and I think that's one thing that I probably don't speak about much with gymnastics um because it's the the softer skills of coaching 
right, is developing an athlete or developing a person that's got good character. Mm. Um, but I think that does, that's probably one of the biggest points of difference, I would say, is just that I coach them to become an athlete. Um, and it's it's teaching. And sometimes you lose patience, but, you know, the more, especially the more I coach, I think the less patient mm. I get. So I have to have a curfew on how many hours yeah. I coach. <laughs> um, <laughs> which, um, but at the same time, I think, so that was my switch. Mm. Uh, triathlon and then I started coaching gymnastics just to say in the gym was coaching gymnastics right up until literally um started COVID um so I was coaching at the high performance center and coaching you know some really top level gymnasts and Mm. then it was the back of 2015 nationals um I went with MLC Aquatic as their team manager they didn't have a female in their team so they needed a female to go a chaperone uh I just sat on pool deck watched my god your nationals are so long but I was there <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes yes they can be very long <laughs> days along there's so many days of them mm. um I only you know, now you understand why so many coaches have a few drinks through the week and try and just wind down a little bit <laughs> yes oh my god that was I didn't realize that until um, the nationals that I met you at, actually. Yeah. And um, whereas in gymnastics, like, I was like, I'd be too scared. I'd, like, drop a kid if I was spotting them, if I was like, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> stick to COVID. But, um, yeah. yeah, so your nationals is long. Mm. And that was, it was, I got a call after that from Gymnastics Australia. Um, Rowan Taylor had approached Gymnastics Australia to try and get the Nana kids to start gymnastics. Um the skills that were coming through and the, I guess the body awareness that was coming through was uh, not as high as that, what they thought they could have. Mm. Um, so Damien Farrow, he's a professor in skill acquisition. He said to Ro, I think you should just get them doing gymnastics. They're the most coordinated body aware athletes that come through. Yeah. Um, and it really is the basis of movement. So I started there. Um, yeah. 2015. Um and the NADS kids, or I think they've just changed the name of the squad now. Um, we'll just refer to them. The, the juniors, the junior kids, um, they've done it ever since. Um, and it's been, a, it's been part of their program since then. So, And then it just grew. Well, 100%, as I said, you know, you're working with my kids. I'm in Sydney, but, you know, through Zoom, through the, the fantastic, uh, you know, uh, medium of Zoom, which never existed really before COVID. But um, I've said this to you before. Where were we on that one? Why weren't we buying stocks in Zoom before <laughs> before 2020 COVID hit? But, um, yeah, obviously, you know, definitely starting to expand. But firstly, talk to me when you got into it. You mentioned a couple of times there that you started to pick up things and you're learning things along the way. What are some of the things that you've learned along the way in terms of incorporating gymnastics? No doubt you still probably have that sort of core idea of what you want to do and how it started because as we all are in coaching we should all have that model of what we want to see but as you go through it you start to learn different things don't you like oh that's pretty cool I want to add that or I don't really like that I want to do that anymore you might have started doing it and you've flicked it and you've gotten rid of it You're like that's not working anymore I'm not doing that what what have you picked up along the way and where have you picked it up from so I think um Initially, like a, my first brain waves were that a forward roll was the same as a tumble turn and a handstand was a, similar to a streamline. And that was like my first kind of light bulb moments. Mm-hmm. Um, then my observations were that they were just not very athletic 
athletes, athletic swimmers. Um, so then it was about diversifying what movements they're exposed to. And that became a really, really large part of what I taught. It was making sure that the program was changed regularly so that they were just getting lots of different exposure so that then all the neuromuscular pathways were getting more and more fiery and they had more and more coordination and athleticism. So they were like the real initial COVID. God, if you had said to me one day, Kirsten, you'll be coaching on your laptop. I mean, please, <laughs> I'm a people person. I'm in, life. I'm in real life. <laughs> but um, here I am now clocking up probably, I don't know, five, six hours a day on Zoom. Yeah. Maybe. And um, I've got to tell you before you keep, cause I don't want to forget to say this yeah, yeah. for anyone listening. Uh, I can only tip my hat to Kirsten with the amount of enthusiasm. She still teaches these kids with on zoom. Like I, I like, I can't do it. Like I, I, the kids can look at my face straight away and go, Oh, here we go. No, why am I on zoom? Robbie's half asleep. Anyway, like he's not interested. Why am I interested? Cause it is, it's one of those things that's not easy to do because you don't get feedback as you know, even if you're asking for feedback, the kids don't give you any feedback on Zoom. They just keep it muted and just look at you blankly. But, um, you know, yeah, I've got to tip my hat to you because uh, every time I, because I tune in every week, I might not really participate in it, but I like to listen and just make sure the kids are behaving themselves. And yeah, you're always up. You're always upbeat, enthusiastic, and um, God bless you for it because I, I don't know if there's many people out there that would be able to to do it through Zoom. It's one thing, obviously, in a group setting, right? In a group fitness room. Okay, I understand that. And, you know, I, I certainly get up on pool deck. I don't just sort of sit on a chair and put my feet up and go, oh, what am I doing here? Although there are some days where we all have those days in life. But but generally speaking, that's that's the, you know, creative, you know, part where you get up and you get moving and the juices are flowing. But on Zoom, that's another beast. Um, I guess I've tailed into another question here. How difficult is that for you? to do it through zoom or is that something you've had to learn and go, okay, I've, I've if, you know, if we're you know, giving a, um, if this is a business, as you say, and we're trying to, you know, provide a, a service here, well, I've got to lift that level of service. Unlike the unprofessional Robbie that I've just told you that's, that's saying, Oh man, still zoom week 11. Oh my God. Yeah. I think um, I still remember like the first zoom was like March, 2020 right and we yeah last mm. year yeah and um so it was the last day i was in the in the gym gymnastics um coaching the gymnasts and they came in you know you're not gonna be in the gym tomorrow the gym's closed i'm like oh, okay this will be interesting mm. yeah, we never stop training what's this <laughs> um and then i was like no nah, this is gonna i've got a hunch on this so i literally started painting the garage and i just started turning into a studio and, um, you know, my dad and my brother helped and we're just like painting and we're going to Bunnings every second mm-hmm. because I didn't buy enough puzzle pieces. And, um, you know, I did all the runs for the shops, so I'm going to be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Come back. Hey, you missed a spot. When I'm gone, you make sure you fix that up. <laughs> um, and then that Wednesday, I know it was a Wednesday, I'd never used Zoom before in my life. Yeah. And I was just like, hey, I'm going to teach on Zoom. I don't even know how I thought of this. I don't even know where. But And there are 130 people booked in. And I was like, oh, my God, wow. it didn't work. I've got 130 people what, sitting in the ether. Like, what are they doing? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, sure enough. And at that stage, I was running gymnastics as a webinar. So I couldn't see anyone. 
Um, I was really conscious of child safe. I didn't know yeah. how that went at that time. You know, we we're pivoting to an online. Um, I didn't know if I could provide like a reassurance that no one was filming their child from the other side and all of mm. this. Um, you know, I've come from gymnastics where you, you dot your eyes and you cross your teeth. So I really um, ran them as a webinar for a long time. And then I got this email um, from one of the parents and said, Kirsten, you know, my kids actually slack off. They do it better when you do it with them. And I was like, mm. okay, yeah, no worries. So then I did all the classes. And there were times, I'm not going to lie, Robbie, there were times I was in a plank and I couldn't look at the camera because really I was like, I am so exhausted right now. <laughs> I don't know this plank anymore. This is my fourth class in and I am exhausted. And um, But I think the biggest thing was, was, the kids needed it. They, mm. if I was a an athlete in these times, like I would need to move. I would need to, you know, be engaged. And it is my personality naturally not to join in as much as I did. That's not my personality, <laughs> but um, it is my personality naturally to to be able to be that light. And I think um, on the other side, I I am a meditator, so I do meditate a lot, and I. You know, I, I do really take my time away. Um, so there'll be times I'll go off the grid and I'll surf for a couple of hours or I'll get lost in the national park. So I had to get really, really good at recharging myself so that I could log on and be up and at it. Um, and then I just keep changing the program so that I stay interested. Um, but it also does keep them interested because they've been on Zoom for a long time now. Um, these Melbourne swimmers, a lot of them started with me back in March of last year. So, yeah. um, but you're right. You don't get feedback. So you draw on like someone throws one expression and you, you've got to make a story out of it. You, it's a performance at the end of the day. You're performing. Yeah. yeah. Well, mate, you do a, a tremendous job of it, as I said. And I think even one thing that resonated with me a lot was like, put your phone down. Who grabbed their phone? I see with your phone. Why have you got your phone? You don't need your phone. Sounds like a little thing. And for the listeners out there, they'd be like, well, that's not hard to do. But when you've on Zoom as much as you are, it, those little nuances can be easier to kind of let slip into your program a little bit. Do you know what I mean? When you're, when you're, you're at it and you're at it and you're at it, those little things like, oh, well, I'm tired today and he's grabbed his phone. Literally, it was two seconds. It's not like no one's grabbing their phone forever. But I love that about, you know, when I'm listening in, like, put your phone in. I'm like, oh, this is music to my ears. I love hearing this. So, so I never really, like, I tune in. I say I tune in to make sure everyone behaves. I actually have no worry that anyone's going to behave because I know you'll rouse on them and make sure they're doing the right thing anyway. And you touched on a point. And I want to get to it a bit later. So don't let me forget it about the whole switching off thing because I think it's important not just for the swimnastics space but just in, you know life in general and you can probably teach me a few things about that because my brain goes crazy um <laughs> it just is but i, I want to go back to what we talked about before and the thing that you noticed about swimmers which was they weren't really great athletes and i think that's something we've learned a lot over recent years in terms of sports science and where we're heading in terms of swimming and even just being in the gym, you know, there's a lot of stuff at times around specific to swimming. Oh, we're going to do this, uh, you know, weights and this is very swimming specific. Well, you know, for me personally, my own opinion, when my swimmers are in the gym with strength and conditioning coaches, we're building athletes. We're not building swimmers. Yes, certain things are always going to help, you know, obviously, but my objective is to build an athlete. Do you see it the same way? And what sort of things 
have you seen that are probably the hardest for the swimmers to to really kind of get their heads around? Yeah, and I think um, that whole debate that you know we, you had with yourself um, and we all have is one of the main reasons I ended up moving up to to Noosa or to be at St Andrews with Ash Delaney is because I needed to be more in the reality of it. So. Um, it's really cool to go into programs and deliver one-offs, right? That's, I love it. You know, you get a buzz out of it and you're sharing with more people, which is what I knew when I left gymnastics, which is, it was a really hard thing to do. I loved coaching gymnastics, but, you know, in the mid of the sob, it was, I needed to help more athletes than just, you know, a group of eight gymnasts. Mm. Um, and so I love the sharing bit, but I, I needed to be in the reality of a coaching environment and so doing the strength and conditioning for the, the program here, you are constantly balancing between swimming specific and then building athleticism. Mm. And it is a dance. Um, but if they're not athletic, you can't get them very good at swimming specific anyway. Mm. So if they have a technical problem in the pool, like we do have one swimmer at the moment that's pulling really wide in their stroke and he can, just can't feel it in the water just mm. can't, like it doesn't matter how many languages ash speaks to him he can't feel it he can't so we have put a like a catch specific drill in his program because we need to work together to yep. enhance the learning process there so i think that's where having a really good relationship with your snc that swimming coach and the snc working together so that if you can do something to make the coach's job easier in the gym then you put something in that's really swimming specific. Um, but I tend to have a few things for that athlete that are swimming specific for them. And they marry with the technical corrections that they're getting with Ash. So if they've got poor rotation, I will do supplementary exercises in the gym to help them with rotation. Mm. If I look and I'm like, well, they're not rotating like well, because actually their oblique strength is not good enough or they don't have thoracic rotation. So then I will enhance. Um, yep. It's the same way I coach gymnastics. If the curl wasn't catching the bar continuously, but really she wasn't strong enough to be catching the bar, then you do need to make it like a strength specific exercise. Yeah. For you need to step back first and, and get that under control. Yeah. So, but I am, I am for athletic swimmers first. So I had, we have a new swim up here at the moment. And he asked if I wanted the squat to be really specific for a tumble turn. And I was like, no, I just need you to get strong in a squat. So if you're going to get strong in a squat, <laughs> yeah. feet a little bit turned out, you turn your feet out and you squat there because the stronger you are, the more athletic you'll be. And mm. then you should have enough coordination and body awareness to be able to adjust when it's a tumble turn time. Yeah. Um, that's how I see it. No, hundred percent. I mean, We've had chats before, not so much like this. And the more I'm chatting to you, the more I'm realizing you seem like a bit of a problem solver. Like you like to really look at people and go, right, how can I help this swimmer? I don't want to say problem solver because people aren't problems, but you know what I mean? How can I help this person progress? What can I do? What can I contribute here? How much do you enjoy that process of, of coaching and what you do? Because to oh, me, it's such an important, like if you don't have that, it's, you're probably not going to be a great coach. You've got to have an element of that in you because everything of what we do is helping people progress and learn. But to me, it seems like that's like a little spark for you. You, you sort of really enjoy that part of it. Oh, I think that's my favorite part. Like when everything's like sitting pretty coasty 
I'm like, oh, I'm a little bit boring. Like, yeah. Yeah, let's knock like, the blocks over and start. Let's find another way to just <laughs> kick those blocks over and start again. <laughs> yeah, so that's when I, like, switched to to really being observant. So it might be a day where I actually am a little bit detached from it because I need to find, like, the next, if we're going to call it problem, problem, or, like, yeah. low-hanging fruit. So I'll just watch a little bit. And then sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's psych. Um, you know, I'm doing a lot of chatting to the the girls up here you know, knowing when this, when they're, where they are in their cycle and how that affects your training. And so sometimes it's just being able to have a chat or talk about, you know, where things are at with uni or, and sometimes that's what they need for that day. Um, and they dive in and they're, you know, they're just a little bit, they've cleared something that's obviously doing a bit of a loop in their brain that day. Um, so I don't mind what angle it's from either, but yeah, body ones I love, like normally I can watch a body and, that's how I work out what program they need. I don't like programming too blind. Mm. Um, yeah, I love if I can program with the athlete and you're like, oh, okay, actually you're good at that. We don't need to do that, but it's showing me this. So let's put this in your program. And yeah, it's like a bit of a minefield, but it's fun. How important is um, specific sort of individual planning for, for your athletes? And I understand it's probably easier said than done with, with sort of what you have to do in terms of you just looking at my group, you know, you get say between 15 to 20 kids on there, it's easier said than done. But at the same time, as we just said, you know, everyone's got sort of different things that they're working on. How important is it sometimes do you think to, to individualize? Maybe it's just your feedback. Maybe it's just, okay, you know, um, everyone's doing it this way. Can you do it this way? Cause that's, what's going to be best for you. Yeah, I think um, in large groups, so like your national squads or your age group swimmers, obviously, you, as you said, you're dealing with the numbers, which is, that's, that's a challenge. Mm. Um, but I think the way I like to go about it is, is putting it on them. It is their body. If I have said this, you need to do this exercise instead of that one, it works better for you. I often will be like, and now that's your job to remember that because that's, you have the information I have taught you. Yeah. You have learned it. That's yours to go with now. Because you can't stay accountable for all of their little little intricacies. Mm. Um, so often I'll start with a blueprint and then you kind of have a little look around and you're like, actually, this doesn't look good on you. You need to tweak it a little bit. Um, and then you give them the tweak. Um, so a typical one on Zoom um, will be lunges. A lot of um, people especially all the swimmers are growing so much at the moment and they'll get a bit of knee pain in lunges. Yep. And it's just as simple as if you're getting knee pain in a lunge, just swap it to a, to a single leg squat. If you still get pain in that, you swap it to a single leg glute bridge. So then they know the process um, and it'd be no different in the pool. They mm-hmm. know if they're getting shoulder pain to not put paddles on that day. Yep. See if you can still pull. If your pool doesn't work, then you know what? Take the pool boy out too and you just free swim. Yeah. Um, so they know how to manage it themselves and giving them, I guess it's educating them to be empowered with the information for their body. Um, that's probably, probably one of my biggest philosophies too. I had a really good physio who she taught you to self manage um, really, really well. And mm. it meant you didn't get many injuries because if you got a niggle, you knew what to default to, to make sure it didn't become an injury. Um, so I guess it's part of the method with open swimmers, individualized program, um, especially the more you get to know them, 
Um, initially at the moment, these guys have got similar programs. There's slight nuances. Um, but you've got to get to know them first before you can really individualize it. Yeah, no, and again, you hit the nail on the head, I think, in terms of um, what you just said, in terms of having a look at what they're doing. But that, that's the hardest part, isn't it? Is it, we, we are coaching, a, a, you know, a group, you know, somewhat of a team. You know, I know it's an individual sport, but it's a team. Um, but individualizing that without really individualizing that, if that makes sense, like that's, that's the art of coaching that I think we all sort of at times nail it and think, how good was that? And let's have a coffee and pat ourselves on the back. And then there's days where like, oh, I failed miserably at that today. So let's uh, go back to the drawing board and, and go back to, to what works. But no, you're absolutely right. Um, talk to me about swimnastics. Where, where's it heading? You, you seem like someone uh, that is quite driven um and quite and i can assume why well, don't I say similar to me because I, I don't want to assume that we're both the same but i can assume the cogs are ticking in the brain and you're looking at where we're heading next what's next for swimnastics because from the outside looking in you, you know you're doing a brilliant job across the board i know obviously you know you're working up up north but you're also on zoom you know with us down here obviously zooming with people in melbourne i think you're zooming with people overseas as well so it's you're only one person where's this Where's this, uh, you know, big company that's going to grow to? And I believe it will. Where's it heading, mate? Yeah, so I think, um, I think, yeah, a lot of people say they're like, you can tell you have this vision. <laughs> um, and I'm like, yeah, it's there. Um, I don't get so attached to it, which I think is why it's able to pivot so quickly. Um, so, yes, I definitely had an, have ideas of where it's going to go. But I also, I listen a lot. So I, I find out what coaches need and, mm. and how is best to service that need. That's the trickiest one, probably coaching because, you know, you're time poor as coaches. Like I know when I was coaching full time, like you have no time for anything. You don't have much space to bring in new information either. Um, so I think it's, it's learning how best to deliver it to coaches is a definitely still learning and almost like, developing archetypes of the different coaches and how they can take in information. Um, but where it's going is, look, I never would have thought that I would be teaching on Zoom. So that's definitely been a massive like, boom, there you go, Kirsten, you can yeah. access the entire world on Zoom. Oh, okay. I didn't have to travel everywhere. That would have been way more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same for me with talking to people like for podcasts. I, I loved the idea of being like, I'm going to plane this weekend. I'm heading up to Brisbane to no, let's just get on Zoom and uh, stay here in lockdown. That's so much more exciting. <laughs> I know. It's so efficient though. So like, <laughs> it is. I I'm, I'm one to love efficiency, but I'm also love, I love fun. So look, you know, yeah. gallivanting would be fun. But um, yeah. And I guess, you know, like an on-demand library, um, I definitely, that was like a five-year plan. That was well, well, well. Like it seemed so hard to end up with a library of, I think there's like 70 recorded videos of me now teaching. Oh, so nice. kind of, that's how I guess I duplicated myself. Um, and it is probably one of the biggest challenges I might have um, is, you know, a lot of people will always want, I don't know, the founder or mm. it, that's, yeah. So I guess, um, and it's a, it's a challenge I identified very, very early. Um, but one thing I've always stuck to is, that if you're going to create this life of 
because you know having your own business it, there is a life of freedom um mm. you know you do get to make a lot of choices which um I had talked to a friend the other day she has her own business and she's like sometimes I can't even choose what's for dinner at the end of the day because I've just made choices all day <laughs> and um but on the other side of that it, it's it is there's a lot of freedom to it and I've watched a lot of people own businesses and I one thing I always observed was you have to stay doing what lights you up in the business because yep. that, you are choosing to have a business you have to do what lights you up but also stick to your your trade like <laughs> I I did a commerce degree but I tell you what I'm pretty sure I cheated on the accounting <laughs> the finance and the economics so you know what that goes to somebody else yeah stay in your trade. um stay in your so, lane. <laughs> um so in terms of where it's going um the Zoom, I think, will it will always stay. It's been a way for me to stay connected to a lot of swimmers that I have helped on their journey. Um, it's very efficient for a swimmer. They're at home. It's efficient on the families as well. Um, and I like the community that, it, that we have built. And this generation, you know, they probably Zoom fatigued now, but they will know this as a very, very normal way of training and doing mm. and learning. Yeah. So the Zoom will stay um, in terms of um, I will love to start travelling again around Australia, you know, overseas eventually um, for club visits. That will be the next thing. But even this weekend, Swimming Queensland have got a, a um, workshop day on Sunday um, and I'm going to Zoom in because it enables me to not have to travel for the weekend. So I don't need to cancel any Zooms. I don't need to, you know, not be in the gym tomorrow with the guys here. So um, Zoom is really making it that I can be a lot of places with a bit more efficiency. Mm. Um, but I have flagged someone that I think is actually going to be a really good fit for gymnastics. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I wanted a male just to balance out um, me mm. <laughs> um, and just to probably be a role model for um, the male swimmers coming through because I know a lot of mums and um, female swimmers coming through, they they really do enjoy having a female to relate to and to uh, role model, I guess. So um, I've gone with that. He has, he's a swimmer. He's got a great background with his SNCs. And I, a lot of what I teach is through good experience and good teachers. Um, I definitely, I advocate universities and everything, but I love experience in mm. being an athlete. And I think that can be a huge point in teaching so, um, yeah, that's probably what will eventually come next. Um, and products. I'm going to play around with some products for a bit. I found a yoga, I designed a yoga mat. That's going to be. I saw that. And then I started looking for where to buy it. Cause I was going to like, if it was there, I would have bought a few for my swimmers and just given them out as prizes or whatever. So yes, it's, it's coming. It's coming. It was too thin. I <laughs> brought it to pool deck, Ash rolled it up eight times, put his knee down at any face was still in pain and I was like that's too thin isn't it and he's like no it's good oh no definitely get into it because yeah I was I was nearly ready to click and buy already just seeing I think it was I think you just put it on your story of like hey look at this guys and I was like yeah where can I buy it so yes no definitely yeah, I decided to wait until I got a thicker one so that sample's coming and then um then then they'll be ready yeah because basically that came from I kept observing you know at nationals especially People are bringing their foam rollers. Mm. And I was like, this is a great change. But people are still not activating properly or well. I'm still like, this is 
we've got a huge way to go in that in Australia. I don't know the rest of the world. Japan looks pretty good at it. But um, we need to get better at activation. And there's a lot of education there. But I was also like, people are getting on their foam rollers and foam rolling. They never used to. Mm. That has been a change. So if they had a mat, like the Japanese carry their mats around, if they had a mat, then they may actually start to do the activation. Um, so then I thought, okay, it needs to be, you know, you need to be able to transport it around pretty light. Um, you're next to chlorine. So it needs to be able to, you know, not be eaten alive and, and dry quickly. So then, yeah, then basically the ball went rolling and then I was like, oh, let's go white, uh, black line, sorry. And then I was like, oh, a white yogi ta- a white yogi mat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we got what we got. So soon, hopefully by the end of the year. That's no, right. well, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely, I'm going to get a few for my swimmers, and I think once they get a few, then it'll, I, yeah. And if if I'm doing that, and I'm not really an online shopper, I know it's definitely going to be something that other people are going to want. So, um, I want to just circle back to something you said before because it's you piqued my interest because as a head coach, it's something we quite often have to run into, which is, oh, but I want you to coach my kids. You're you're the head coach, and it's kind of like, well, I I can't coach 250 kids. I apologize for that. And, you know, we've built the program to this point where this is the group of kids I look after now. Have you found that? I don't want you to give away too many stories of obviously if people are listening to this, but have you run into that? And, and sort of how do you look at navigating that into the future? Because even for me, you know, we're about to start our own off the block swimming academy. That's what it's going to be. And, you know, looking at dividing my time into podcasts, um, you know, head coach, uh, also, you know, we're doing our own line of merchandise and stuff at the moment. Like, it's just, it's great to be that creative minder, but that's a lot of time and energy, as you know, which is why I want to pick your brain about how to actually switch that off a little bit later. But at the same time, you know, you've got to give 100% into your, into your business, which is for me, swimming for you, Swimnastics. How do you look at navigating that? Because it's tricky, isn't it? It's not, I don't think it's a, an easy click your fingers, just go, well, it is what it is because I'm the boss and I said so. You can't really take that line of questioning. No, and I think um, one thing along the whole journey, I've always just tried to find the most efficient way of doing things. Um, so the back end of gymnastics is is very automated um, so that then I'm not spending my time on admin. One, I find it, it drains my energy um, and it's just... I don't love it. Um, I don't mind it every now and then, but I don't, it's not, I don't It's the commerce side you were talking about before that you cheated (laughs) on at school. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like I love being organized, but it's not where I need to spend my time. Yeah. Um, Having said that though, so I guess an example is um, coming up to St. Andrews, I actually did say that I wanted to start with the younger kids and not just be on the top end. And Mm. My biggest reasoning, which is very different to your experience, is that if I start with the eight, nine, ten-year-olds doing dry land, it will actually just make my life easier in the future. So that was like a bit of a backwards way of going, this will actually make the generations that come through, I won't have to be teaching the basics anymore. And it will, one, improve the program, yes, but it will also make things easier for me. Um, And then... When I first got there, um, my timetable didn't really allow for me to take the, the bottom ones. And we had a really good, um, we have a really good coach and he was willing to learn. So basically I taught him the program 
and then he started running it. Um, and so I guess it's, it's empowering them to be able to take it and giving them the knowledge to take it for you mm. um, and letting them put their own flair on it and giving them permission to so that then it isn't robotic. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he's got a background in like Brazilian, uh, what do they do? Capoeira and all that stuff. So mm. I was like, you know, movement. So, you know, if you want to go off your tangents with these things, go for it. But these are the 10 things I would like to be done and like yeah. to be taught. So I guess it's identifying the right personalities, isn't it? Well, I love what you just said then, because quite often in, in uh, let's say corporate world, Yes. That's not the case, is it? So I guess we're fortunate in our, um, you know, jobs in terms of, we, you know, this is our business now. So we've got that autonomy to say to our assistants and I would definitely say to my own assistant coaches, you know, they say, oh, what are we going to do to us? What do you want to do? Oh, okay. So in corporate world, um, and I've been a part of many companies, that's not the case. You know, here's your list and here's your program and toe the line and follow the program and stay close. And what were you doing that for? Because I've learned this and, you know, I learned from, you know, the Australian head coach and he said, to, oh, no, don't do that. So I, I really appreciate what you just said there in terms of giving, you know, the people around you autonomy to, yeah, you've got your core principles, of course. And, and as, you know, the boss, and I know you'd be the same as I would be, if I see something that doesn't align with that, we're definitely going to say, hang. Let's uh, let's get back to it's a conversation that you have to delicately go through. I'm not sort of a tiring guy. Oh, what are you doing over there? <laughs> but you know, delicately go. Oh, hang on. You know, what are we? I see what you're trying to do, but it doesn't really align with what we're going for here. So let's bring it back this way. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, a more creative environment, and it's just a much more enjoyable environment to be around as as a team of coaches and instructors isn't it because you're all working bouncing off each other no one even though they're assistants to you they don't feel like they're assistants to you in a way do you know what I mean for sure and I think um you know and you it sounds like you're creative I think we come from the same cloth in some respects we need many things on the go yeah um, at once <laughs> to stimulate us Oh, my brain, mate. It just it, anybody spent a day in my brain, they would probably just yeah have a heart attack or something or just <laughs> exhaustion because it just, you know, they say it's like a, a mouse on the wheel. I've got probably like three mice or four on the same wheel. So it just, it's yeah crazy, especially when coffee kicks in. Um, just before we crack on with, with, you know, switching off and stuff like that, because why I'm more interested in talking about that is because I think that can help even, you know, the parents and, and people out there because there's a lot more to to life than obviously swimming and swimnastics. This is a, probably a more um, broader topic. And I'm assuming that you struggled with that for a while. I'm assuming you didn't just come up with a plan, click your fingers and wow, now I'm very well balanced in life. Um, but before we get to there, for, for all the swimmers, for all the coaches that are listening, what can they be doing if they can't get a hold of, you know, Kirsten and swimnastics, which I will, you know, we'll give information out for people to get a hold of you at the end of the show. But Obviously, you're one person, it's one company, and there are other ways to, to go about similar, as you said, you know, um, prehab type work, activation type work. So often, um, I think, you know, we can avoid going to the to the physio if we were just doing the right things before we would get anyway, don't get me started on that. Um, so yeah, what can the swimmers be doing, do you think, or where, where can coaches look to, to access, um, you know, organizations and, and people like yourself, like swimnastics, obviously, as I said, I'm going to point people in your direction first and foremost, but more broadly, what can we be doing to improve that? As you said, you, you, you've been observing on pool deck and you're not 
overly happy with what you're seeing. Obviously, there's standouts. I'm, I'm assuming you've seen teams that are going, God damn, look at that team. They've got their shit in order. And then you're looking elsewhere and like, why is that kid eating a donut and just sitting in the stands and not doing anything? He's, they're supposed to be getting ready. And it's probably my, one of my swimmers. I'm not going to lie. So <laughs> how can we bridge that gap, Kirsten? I think um, there's a multitude of ways. And, I, you know, I give utmost respect to that like Janelle Pallister has actually come to some of the sessions as a coach um, to then experience it herself. And her philosophy is I want to know what my swimmers would then be feeling and experiencing. So there's that way where you can take, you know, especially look after your body, obviously, but as a coach, you know, go to a yoga class and be like, actually, you know what? Downward dog felt really, really good. Jump in the pool after or jump in the pool beforehand. And so you can get ideas from anywhere. I got back, I was in Brisbane for the weekend and I got back on Sunday night and I literally just went straight to the beach, went for a run on the beach because I was like, I need nature again. And I, you know, got to the end, I'm sitting on a rock doing my medi and then I literally look over and there's this old guy doing dish hold, then into a star, then back to dish hold, wow. then up to a boat pose. <laughs> And he was going so slow. And I was like, look at that control. <laughs> and then straight away, I was like, Kirsten, you need to slow things down again. Just because you're taking six classes a day, you don't rush them through. You're losing strength endurance because you are moving fast. This is, you know, everyone knows, and everyone knows dish hold now. Everyone knows the exercises. Yeah. Slow things down this week. So you can get inspiration from anywhere. I got it from some guy with his, you know, dog running around him doing dish holds. So you know, go to classes. Um, at the moment, so many people have their um, products and their services and their ideas online. There was a lady in New York who I actually wanted to go to New York just to do one of her classes and COVID hit and she created an on-demand library. So I've been able to go to New York just from my laptop. So, and I love the way she teaches and the way she delivers things. So I think that's how I learn. I learn by doing. I'm very much like Janelle. I have to feel it in my body. Um, one of the boys today was like, I feel it more in my left glute. And I was like, let me jump on. Let me feel how I can put it into my left glute. And then I'll tell you what you did to get it there because I'm yeah. just strange. But so that would be my biggest suggestion is to go out there and explore. and But also ask um I, i'm very open with my stuff and so are physios like i work really well with the physio up here and they want to share so mm. ask physios have a look around in your your friendship circles is anyone an snc or done some snc and you can learn from them you can learn from other sports too like i would go into richmond when we were um doing gymnastics there and i would i would talk to their snc's and have a look around and see what they're doing Whenever I'm traveling, I often will go to a park and just watch movement and watch how baseball players are teaching or watch how um, that was my favorite part about being in America. There was sport everywhere and I would just sit and watch how people would coach and what type of things they would do. And I'd be like, mm, do I like that drill? And mm. one day you might end up delivering that exercise because it's right for that right moment. So there's, there is, I guess what I'm trying to say, there's creativity everywhere if you, <clears throat> if you stop and open your eyes, really. I think what, yeah. what resonated with me there, and it's something that I probably only learned myself in the last, probably since I've been, I was up in Queensland, to be honest. So I, I spent five years up in Queensland coaching 
uh, and being immersed in that, you know, um, swimming Queensland culture. And, and it is such a creative one, as you said, that there's, you know, I think once a month at, at, um, at the QAS, there's a, you know, um, a seminar of or whatever it might be. I'm sure you've probably had a talk there yourself and there, there's been breathing experts and so many different, you know, types of stuff that goes on. And I think what I took away from that when I came to Sydney was, you know, be proactive as a coach. This is just, this is my own now <laughs> advice to people out there. Be proactive as a coach. You don't have to sit back and wait for your swimmer to make the New South Wales Institute of Sport team to then have them get access to, to the most, you know, brilliant people. Um, you know, as you know, we've, we've sat back now um, in our own team and obviously brought you on board to, to help the swimmers. Um, having a look at our own lack of knowledge and go, okay, well, this is as far as we probably know and can be really confident in saying that we know this sort of stuff. Um, you know, who, who can we get to help us in these other areas? As I said, you know, bring yourself on board. We now have a, a team physio. We have a, a sports psychologist that works closely with our team. We have a sports nutritionist that works closely with our team. Um, and that, and we, we basically now have our own little performance hub, I guess, of, of professionals around us that we've created for ourselves. And I think, it's just being proactive. If I look back at like younger Robbie who sat back there and said like, woe is me. Like no one does this for me. No one looks out for me. It's all about the, you know, the top guys, they get everything. Well, now I look at that guy and go, what a little whinging bitch that guy was. He could have just gone out and spoken to Kirsten and Kirsten's a lovely lady. And she would have gone, Oh yeah, I know what you're after. Let's work together. Um, that's probably the biggest thing I've picked up in terms of just you know, creating that circle around you. Um, and, and building and bouncing. It's professional development, like listening to you talk and learning, you know, from you each week, that's helping myself as well. And I'm sure you're learning absolutely not that much from me, but it's great to have a chat with you. <laughs> have you noticed that too, no, though, in terms of like your own, like building your, you know, obviously you're brilliant in what you do, but you seem to be someone who definitely identifies, okay, well, I'm really curious about that. And I don't know. Let's get talking to those people as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, I love being on pool deck. Um, I really, that's where I, my creativity a lot comes from. Um, so I, I'm on pool deck a lot um, and I'll just stand there and be listening and, and it doesn't matter which club I'm in. I try and spend some time being on pool deck and listening and learning because the, you know, I wasn't a swimmer. Um, so in gymnastics, I've got you know, much more felt experience of it. Mm. Um, so it's just listening. It's really listening. I just I spend a lot of time on pool deck just listening. Um, and I talk to, you know, the, I make friends in the community and you talk to them and you learn off each other and you share experiences with each other. And I think it does. One thing that came up when you were talking before was that it. I think we are at a time where we need to have good discernment with probably like social media and um, and YouTube and all of those things. Um, and I know I had gymnastics to go on YouTube. On my, it's probably still on my to-do list for a very long time. And I'm not sure if I will ever actually go down that path. Um, I know it probably um, a marketing person will be like, and that's crazy not to do that. <laughs> yeah. um, I think um, when you're delivering something to your athletes, your why for it has to be super, super sound. And we're getting more and more athletes of this generation coming through that want to know the why behind the exercises. Mm. So 
as long as you know you can learn 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 be hungry for knowledge but I think some of the most powerful and the, some of the most successful can discern so what is good for this person in this point in time because you know if anyone walked into the gym right now they might be like what is she doing over there but yeah. I can go well actually he is doing that because he is such a long lever mm. and his hamstrings are not strong enough and I've just got to start here because otherwise I flare his back off or, you know, so as long as your reasons are really, really sound and you're not just grabbing stuff, you know, off YouTube everywhere or Instagram. And I think that's, that's probably a big challenge going forward. I think that we might have. Well, that's massive. I, I love what you just said there. Cause I, you know, talk to my swimmers quite often about asking questions uh, in a very, um, nice way of course and not an obnoxious way like what are we doing this today like that's not going to get you a great answer from any coach ever but just you know okay what, what is this set designed for what, what what are we doing here and um as a coach as i said i've learned over time especially working with richard slide at albany creek when he was there and and he was big on you know after the set like you know how did you feel today guys what you know how did that feel and then gauging off them to go Okay. Yeah. That's sort of what I wanted to get out of this set. So sweet. Or no, maybe that's not what I wanted to get out of this set. So maybe we didn't quite nail it. And, but empowering the swimmers to ask those questions in a not, you know, as I said, obnoxious way, but in a, in a way that, you know, they're generally trying to, to understand. And um, yeah, that's such a big thing. Like giving them the, the knowledge of what's aerobic capacity, what's aerobic power, what's anaerobic, what's speed, what's this, what's that. So then they do understand. And quite often they'll even question me like, is this really speed, Robbie? Like, I feel like we went a little bit further than we normally would. And then you understand, you know, try to explain why and all that sort of stuff. So I, I love what you said there and just creating um, curious, curious athletes as well, because they're, they're going to end up like yourself. Like they're, they're going to want to, you know, delve into um, sports in a different way and, and try and help and make their own mark. Yeah. And I think, you know, as much as we are often the teacher in that environment, we, like, I always find I learn so much of them too, like how they react to things. They can, especially kids, like I remember I started coaching and I, in gymnastics, you you have to start pretty much with like what you're, you'd call learn to swim. It's, it's a very um, progressive and way of learning how to coach most people, I guess. And um, they are cutthroat. They are as brutally honest as they come, but it is the best thing because it is just feedback. So whilst kids, teenagers, I remember having a teenage group of gymnasts and it was one of the hardest years of coaching I've had, but it it really gave me the most growth because it's never personal. Feedback is never personal. Nothing's personal, but it is feedback. And so when they, you know, when they question you, what sometimes we don't like or the ego doesn't like is that you start questioning yourself, Mm. but that's actually just your opportunity to go deeper into your knowledge. I had this experience when I was not many weeks into being up here and um, one of the boys, they'll know, they'll know who it is. He has like one of the best turns in the group. And um, I noticed something fresh eyes. I was like, Oh, like, but you're not doing this anyway. He like, it was quite, it got heated. (laughs) And I was willing to learn. So we were both able to come in collaboration, which is a very, very healthy way to come about it. Um, And it actually, it was really, really good. I went home 
And I literally, I have never studied a turn as much as I've studied a turn because basically I was like, I did not have, I probably almost in that moment did not have enough knowledge to match him. Yeah. And that's on me. Yeah. So he is showing up, giving me everything he's got. And then I'm doing a disservice to not be matching his knowledge. And then the next morning, um, he actually said, oh, you know, guess I'm so sorry. You're actually right on that. And I was like, really, was I? Because I actually was <laughs> like, I don't think I was right. And so, and then all of a sudden you have created something that's even more efficient because you have come together on your collaboration and then you've observed something because I've just come in as fresh eyes. So yeah. I think, you know, as the teacher, if you can, or the coach, if you can let ego fall away and still show up going, I don't know everything and I do want to learn off you. And there are some things in swimnastics that the swimmers have absolutely created. I had one girl last night, she was doing her um, multi-directional lunges with this like little twirl thing in between. And I was like, that's so cool. She's like, it's so <laughs> fun. It feels good. And I was like, yeah, we're going to roll with that. Everybody do it like her. I'm going to show her, do that. So I think it's just being, it's being open to learn from them too. And that the days of, you know, coach and athlete, they're gone. They're gone. It's a relationship and it's about having a relationship that has open communication and collaboration, I would say. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a team at the end of the day and you're all working together and I think it's healthy. What, you know, what you just said, obviously there's lines to, you know, there's unhealthy, you know, I don't want to just make it sound like, oh yeah, the, the kids should always question the coaches. As I said, you don't want to have it as an obnoxious way and you certainly don't want to come across as, as rude because I don't think in, even the nicest coach is not going to take that very well. But um, yeah, hundred percent. It's healthy. It's healthy in, in every day. It's communication at the end of the day. And that's, that's the key to everything. If you don't have that, um, I, I, everything is going to fall down. Now um, I want to get to the switching off um, because for me, you know, as I said to you, you know, I've got so much going on at the moment and, and I didn't even mention just before that I've got, you know, a, a nearly three-year-old daughter and a wife and all this sort of stuff. Like it's, that that's my priority as much as work is the priority to make sure we're providing for, for life, but that's a priority as well. That's a major priority. Then you've got, as I said, the podcast, then you've got coaching. Everybody out there has their own things. I'm not, it's not just woe is me. I'm just giving the example of everyone's got a lot going on. Uh, which is exciting because your brain's racing, right? So you've got all these different things. And oh, I'm going to talk to Carl Chalmers today. And then I've decided I'm going to start a new podcast. And we're going to do this. And we're going to do that. We're going to start merchandise. How good's merchandise? Anyway, and then you go to bed and you just, and your brain's still going. Not by even really, like, I don't go to bed going, oh, I need to think about this interview tomorrow. Like, I just lay down, ready for, and then your brain's still ticking. I'm assuming, given that you put so much of an emphasis in switching off, that you know this is something you go through as well. Give me a bit of um, some examples of, of that. Like I just gave you an example of sometimes how poorly my sleep can be due to my brain. Give me some examples for yourself, and then how did you go about um, you know putting those processes in place? Because it sounds brilliant, and I've seen you do it a few times on Instagram in terms of like switching off, guys. See you later. Uh, you know, look after yourselves and I'll talk to you in four days and I love it. I'd love to be able to do that. I'm sure I can do that. It's just, I don't do that. Um, and this isn't one for just the swimmers out there. This isn't one for just the coaches. I think this is such a life lesson for everybody. It's easier said than done. I understand that. But I think, you know, the more we can look for these answers, the more happier we're going to be. And I'll stop talking now and you take over and drop some knowledge on me. 
I think, I actually think it's going to be a big one for coaches moving forward. I think um, athlete wellness is definitely um, moving space, but I think coach wellness is moving there. And you're seeing a bit more in the AFL where, you know, coaches are getting more time off. Um, and, you know, I've, I come from a family of gymnastics coaches. So I was raised um, through coaching, through sport. And I, I'm a very acutely aware person. Um, my sports, I pointed that out to me very early and just knowing that I pick up on a lot of things and it's a really great strength for coaching, but it can be really exhausting. So I can be at a restaurant with a friend and I'll be able to, without knowing, and I am fully present with them, but I'll know what's happened on all the other tables. And it's just, that, that's what I used to be like. So I think um, mine, and then once gymnastics started, that creativity that you're experiencing, those creative waves that just come through and they are, they have like great, like they, you're on a high. Like it's just, it's a great feeling where things are just coming through and you're in flow and it's, it's euphoric. But I'm not sure if that happens to you, Robbie, but I crash the day after those um, and I'm really like almost burnt. I wouldn't say burnt out. It gets a bad connotation, but I am pretty flat the next day. Mm. Like, and I, and my brain is often quite quiet and like nothing's come through. Um, and I'm, I've gotten better at being okay with that. Um, and I just know now that if I have a day where I literally in two seconds design a yoga mat and I'm um, getting a sample and then the next day I'm walking around going, Oh, hang on, I'm a bit tired today. Oh, <laughs> you had that experience the day before. Mm. This is just the other side of it. And yeah. that's part of the roller coaster. Yeah. I have waves. Uh, yeah. they probably just go a little bit longer than your waves. That's all. I, I definitely have, I, I, I can feel it. Like even now, for example, and obviously people listening to this are probably not going to pick it up because I've really enjoyed this conversation and the coffees are flowing and you can tell how quickly I'm talking that I'm, I'm into it, but I'm definitely ready for about a week of just not talking to, to people for a while because I'm just at that point where you could put the biggest name in front of me and I'd still probably go, I'm excited for Katie Ledecky, but oh man, I'm just, I don't know how creative I can be on this one because I'm just kind of, I'm at that point now. So that's why I'm interested in this because I'm probably at that point. I, I have taken a week next week where I don't have any interviews. I don't have anything. And I'm just going to switch off as much as we can switch off because you, you still have to be, you know, mum texts yeah. you or whatever. You still have to be a little bit present, but um, that's what, yeah, I'm so interested in like, yeah, you, you really, you know, you're mentioning there, you know, those sort of things. What was the moment that you realized, like, was there a moment? Did you have like a, I don't want to say a bad crash. I don't want you to like just pull your heart out and go, yes, I did. <laughs> but was there a moment and then the process of putting it together, easier said than done. Like we, we all, I think, at a certain point know the answer. I don't think there's many people out there that don't recognise, well, I'm probably overcooking it here, but then we just keep going. Was there a part, like how did you put that process together? Um, I think I came to the realisation very, very early with gymnastics that if I wasn't at my best, the business was not going to be at its best. So when you're, I guess, the product of your business, um, it was going to become very apparent that it was not going to be successful if I wasn't looking after myself. And so from the get-go, I made a very, um, very conscious decision that um, it, it was look after me 
and then swimnastics will flow, grow with ease. And that was, it was very, yeah, it was really from the get-go. Um, I do meditate and that gives me a lot of space um, in my brain. Mm-hmm. So I'm morning and night. Um, I rarely miss a beat. Uh, it's harder when you're like, you know, staying with people or you go away. There's That's different challenges of meditation, but um, at least some conscious breaths before bed. But I then know... I, I I think the biggest thing, to be honest, Robbie, is I hate, I hate it, hate it, hate it, the feeling of being tired. Mm. And I hate delivering when I was not present, was not created. I just, I don't like coaching from empty. I mm. really, I really don't enjoy it. So, and I, it turned, I then beat up on myself for not delivering like that. Yeah. Um, so then I had to turn it and go, no, that's just your sign that you need to stop, pull back, rest, which is I did it on the weekend. Um, I moved everything to earlier in the week, took three days, no laptop. Um, and so I often, I check in a lot with where I'm at, where my energy is at. Um, you're a giver, you know, you are with people. So you are giving a lot of energy. Um, and I always then make, it's my responsibility to top it up, um, mm. not to outsource so then I am very good at almost taking a stop take. So where are my leaks in energy? Mm. That's my first go-to. So whenever I'm feeling flat, I'm like, where are my leaks? Um, my phone can be a leak. Um, so I'm pretty good at just turning it off or going for a run without it, going for a surf without it, leaving it at home. Um, I think it's a massive leak for a lot of us. Mm. Uh, this week, we've spoken a lot about the leaks of gaming. I didn't realize how many swimmers game. Oh, so yeah, that that's a big one. <laughs> no, big I was one. like dumbfounded. You can ask mm. them now. I was like, what? You game, you game, you game. And I was mm. probably judgmental. But I was like, guys, that's a massive leak. Your cortisol is going through the roof whilst yeah. you're on this game. Um, so then I... It is huge. Sorry to cut you off, but that, yeah, that is yeah. something that I think... I don't know enough about it to like really delve into it, but I do think um, not even just swimming in Australia, but sport in Australia, uh, you know, sports scientists uh, scientists and sports uh, psychologists probably going to have to look at ways to to work in and around that area because um, that and teenagers on their phones talking to the boys and talking to the girls are, are two of the biggest things that are, you know, the boys on their, on their gaming and they stay up forever and they're really into it and they're, they're so invested in it, um, which is awesome. And I'm, it's great that they have a bit of fun with it, eh? But at the same time, it does sort of deplete them for, for what they've got to get up the next morning. And then they come in, you know, looking like you're the worst person in the world because you dragged them out of bed. I'm like, I did not stay awake till 1 a.m. making you play that game, mate. You should have gone to bed yourself. You made your decisions. Yeah, and I think that's the key thing, right? It's decisions and it's it's making a conscious decision to to keep your energy in a good spot. So I, you know, my friends will laugh, but I, I, I'm notorious for going to bed at 8 p.m. and, you know, 7.30 or um, I'm, I love sleep and I'm a good sleeper and I'm, I'm pretty good at going to bed early. Um, so whenever I am doing a lot of work, so a, a big week, um, I sometimes will, you know, make sure my food's ready for the week. So then that's one less stress that I have mm-hmm. that week. I'll sleep as much as I can and be disciplined at going to bed. I think really it's like that consistent discipline on non-negotiables for you. So 
Mine is not too much phone time. That's always a leak that just creeps up. Um, time in nature for me is, is huge. Phone free um, in the surf or going for a run um, for me is huge. Obviously, as a swimmer, it's probably, it's, you know, you're not going to, you won't want to find your top up from more exercise. Yeah. Um, that's definitely key. But I reckon the game changer for me was meditation. Um, mm. Gymnastics would not be where it is without it. And I wouldn't be living up here without it. It's as simple as what it is for me. And it's not the only way to reach your potential, but it's the way that I got on a path of flow to reach my potential. I would say. Yeah. It's becoming really, really integral. I think in, in today's world um, and, and to maybe phrase it in a different way, it's just taking a moment to yourself isn't it? I think sometimes when you, we say meditation, like for me, for example, if you say meditation, I think, oh, I don't know if I can meditate. I'll probably just burst out laughing and <clears throat> just because I'm not a really serious person. So I'd like just sitting there, I'll probably start to think I must look ridiculous right now and just start laughing. But it's just <clears throat> put that aside, then meditation, have, finding moments for yourself, isn't it? Finding. So for example, speaking to Bob Bowman, Michael Phelps's coach, and, and he, you know, said that he will now wake up and gives himself at least 15 minutes just sitting in the dark with his own thoughts. So I guess that's that's a form of meditation, right? But it's probably not the word meditation. And, and you know, for everyone, it's different. Some people probably go, what's wrong with meditation? But I know there's people who'd be like, I'm not meditating. So just to give a different context, yeah, just having time to yourself, which is so hard in today's day and age, as you said, we're so connected with our phones, with our computers. We're at the drop of a hat. Someone can try and call us and be on call. So uh, it's so important. It's almost becoming as important as exercise yeah for sure and I think yeah like I like the um meditation can be a huge barrier which is why I don't throw it down people's throats but um for me it's dancing too there are some nights where my god I like I, if you really lived with me like you'd be like, oh gosh it's very crazy but there'll be some <laughs> nights where I'll literally just be dancing on my own through the whole house and that can be meditative that yeah. can be changing your energy um journaling like I journal a lot especially if my brain's like really quick I just got to get it out um so I think with meditation like finding things for yourself it's any form any form um yeah dance for me is is huge um so whatever gets you I'm only laughing because I'm thinking about like oh my god if if I started dancing around the house what sort of a spectacle that would be uh, although, although I'm sure if you catch me on the right day, I'm dancing with my daughter around the house to some sort of crazy Disney song that she's got playing. So yeah, I'm sure you catch me at the right time I am, but yeah, no, I wanted to throw it out there. Cause I know that stigma is not with you and certainly it's probably not with half of the population, but I know there'd be half of people listening going, I don't know if I'd been meditating, but yeah, to come at it a different way, it's just taking time. That could even just be just in the shower, just like spending that 10, 15 minutes in the shower just to, you know, I've been trying to do that. I don't want to say I meditate, but I like listening to Russell Brand. I don't know if you know Russell Brand, but he's very big into sort of spiritual. I'm not big on spiritual, but just I'm trying to find ways in to, to get those times for myself. So I found that time in the shower is probably with a daughter and with a wife and with everything going on. That's probably one of the only times you just get to to get that peace to yourself. So I've tried to do it that way. Some days I'm good. Some days I'm like, what the bloody hell am I doing? This isn't working at all. So it's, it's a matter of just 
rolling with it. Did you find that at first when you first started trying to find those moments? Did it, did it not click? Did you go, I'm trying to have this time to myself, but I know there's a phone call that has to be made or whatever. And did it take a, a bit of time to really knuckle in and go, no, I need this time and I'm going to stick to it. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I got caught up on, like, it was, I don't know, it looked, all the people that meditated just looked cool. And I was like, I want to look like them. <laughs> so, I think that's how I started. Yeah. So very, my intention probably wasn't, um, <laughs> wasn't quite right. But yeah. anyway, it got me down a path. Um, I was not consistent, definitely wasn't consistent at the start. Um, and I would say I am quite spiritual and it scared me. If I'm completely honest. And so after I meditated, um, I'd get a lot of creative ideas and all that. And then I'd get exhausted. So I kind of, I had a, I had a very different experience. And um, I think I eventually became really regular when I was, yeah, things weren't great. And so that was the tool that I was like, I am actually just going to do this every night for 30 days and I don't care. And it helped me through that period. And I Mm. guess that's when it then just got regular. Um, But I think what you said before is that having different tools. So some days Russell Brand in the shower will work for you, but another day it might be walking a different route to get your coffee. So, and I think that's something that, um, I'm going to take that grab, by the way, some days Russell Brand in the shower will work for you. Um, People are going (laughs) to take that completely the wrong way, but uh, Hey, Hey, it's 2021 and some days Russell Brand in the shower will work for you. <laughs> oh, oh, he, he, mate, he is a good looking man. He's got a lot of charisma. Anyway, <laughs> I get what you're saying though. Yeah. And then there's other days. Yeah. As a, <clears throat> actually, I'm, it's really, it's funny you say that yesterday I left my phone on charge because it was literally on 5% and I think I've got to go for this walk. I usually like to walk listening to a podcast or something. But I left it at home, went for a walk, and you'd be amazed at like what you pick up when you're just walking by yourself without any distractions. Like, oh, look at that bird. Or I know it sounds really stupid to like when you say it out loud, but it's true because you're more present, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's something that um, I learned. And I don't know who I learned it off, but it was I often will just ask myself, like, what do I need in this moment? So what do I need right now? Especially I, after morning training, I kind of, I coach four groups back to back and it's like, I think I see about, I don't know, 60 kids in a space of two hours and it's mm. just like, ooh, ooh, and I get out and I'm like, what just happened for those two hours? Like, I don't know what happened. Did I do yeah. that with that group? I'm not sure. <laughs> and um, cause I'm just, I get so present when I'm coaching that I kind of get lost and I often come out and I'm like, what do I need right now? Um, kind of check the surf that's no good then it's like okay well what do you need right now because it's not surfing and um and I also got taught that that then if you know how to do that to you you can then ask that of your friends and your family so when you know someone in your family or a friend is you know whatever they're going through or whatever you can say what do you need from me right now how can I help you in this moment right now so I think I often will just ask what do I need right now because I don't like too much structure Mm. Um, so I don't want it to be that every Monday I go for a surf and every Wednesday I go for a run. And I think surfing's taught me that because you just can't do that because the surf is good when it wants to be good and yeah. it's no good when it wants to be no good. So um I like that kind of fluidity. So yeah, and yesterday a walk with no no noise was what you needed. And mm. that's what gave you 
your moments. So each day it can be different. And I think if you keep grabbing at the same thing, that can, uh, it can be a form of attachment too, which is like a whole other topic, but. Yeah. I feel like me and you could actually start our own podcast and just go through our own (laughs) issues and air them all out there. Now, I I know we just got onto Russell Brand in the shower. So I think we're we're, we're nearly at that point where it's time to to wrap it up. But I want to finish with this um, takeaway for, for for all the coaches, especially out there, but it's people in any sort of you know, high pressure um, head coach type environment. It could be a, you could be a CEO of a company or whatever it might be. <clears throat> and one thing I, I learned quite uh, a while ago, which was the whole water in the cup scenario, you know, like you've, you've got your jug full of water and you've got three or four or five different cups and you've got to put the water in each, but you can't do it so much that your, your jug's completely empty. And just talking about, you know, before and <clears throat> in terms of giving everybody the same level of, um, you know, energy, which let's be honest, let's take, for example, because he's a hot topic at the moment in terms of coaching someone like a Dean Boxel. It mm. fascinates me how he can run at that sort of high intensity level and still function with everything else. I'm sure. And I'd, I'd love to talk to him about, yes, we can talk about Ariane and all that sort of stuff, but just on a, a professional level, uh, I'm curious because there must be things he does outside of it, whether it's, um, you know, exercise or whether it's music or he, he, he would have to. Do you know what I'm saying? What, what sort of advice would you give to people out there? Because as you said before, you know, you're having to give so much of yourself to everybody, but you've also got to make sure you're recharging, plugging yourself in, recharging so you can do it. Because otherwise, you know, people see through that, don't they? They can see the day you've phoned it in. They can see on your face and, and the way you've dragged your feet into the pool that, oh, well, you know, Kirsten's not up for it today. I'm not saying you do have these days, but as an example, you know, like, oh, here we go. She's, she's not very happy. We want to try and avoid that. At the same time, everyone's pulling this leg, pulling that arm, saying, no, no, come here. We need you here. We need you here. You've got to re-energize to give everybody what they need. What's, I mean, I'm not going to say you've got the exact science answer here for everything, but what's sort of your um, experience in, in this way? And I guess I'm asking more so for myself as well, because, most of this podcast is me just getting people on so I can learn for myself. And luckily enough, people get to listen. <laughs> love that. Love that. I think, um, you know, in the meditation world or in the wellness world and the mindfulness world, it's, it's becoming potentially a thing that you should always be happy. And that's not right either. You know, like there are times where, you know, I will be crying and sad because I am a human. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not to say that, um, through your tools, you will always be happy and blissful forever because that's not living life as a human and you want to have a human experience. So that means you're going to have highs, you're going to have lows, you're going to have everything in between. And if you're feeling the sadness, you'll also feel those extreme levels of bliss. So you want both. Um, obviously, like, you know, I'm, I'm not definitely no expert in mental illness and I'm, I have no experience with that, but that's where I say you need the awareness of where you're at especially as a coach. So if you know you're coming into the pool deck and you've just come out of a meeting, you know, with HR or business manager or... Are you reading my mind? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're rushing in. And I think um, where I was coaching before this, um, they always, you know, they were like, oh, Kirsten, you're so good. Like you always say hello to every gymnast that walks through the door but that was my way of switching from you are now about to work with these people Mm. be here with them 
hello, Evie, how was your day? They tell me their day. It gets me to be present. And I do it on gymnastics as well. So, you know, sometimes I literally am like, if you had, if you did see beforehand, I literally am like waiting for the kettle to boil. Oh my God. It's like one minute quickly boil. (laughs) And then I like sit there and I, you know, how are you Evie? So I think it's awareness of where you're at emotionally, um, energetically, all of that, and then being present and, you know, being honest, there are, there have been days where I've just said to the athletes, you know what, I've had a shitty morning and how about, let's, you know, let's be present and let's have a good session because they want to know that you're human. They don't want a robot coaching them. So being human with how you feel with them, but first you have to be aware of how you are feeling and how your energy is. So I had a girl uh, last Friday morning, actually, I was about to have my three days off. And so I was kind of like, I probably needed to not coach Friday morning, but you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do it. And one of the girls said to me, Kirsten, you look really tired this morning. And I was like, oh, do I? (laughs) And she's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I actually went to bed late. I watched Mm. one too many episodes of Grey's Anatomy because I logged off Zoom too late, but I just needed a bit of a wind down. And anyway, and so just being honest with it and saying like, I'm a human, I feel tired today. And I guess making sure that you have tools as a coach for those days when you do have different energy. So you're going to make it an observing day because actually you've got some, I don't know, stuff going on and you just need to take it back. You want one of your swimmers to lead and it's having tools so that then everyone has a really good experience, but you can also be a human because that's, that is probably the hardest thing of coaching is that you are having your own life. You have a wife, you have kids and, but then you've got to show up and always be, you know, but mm. it's okay to, like I said to the kids on Zoom last week, I said, as I'm having three weeks off, my, I feel my creativity drop. I'm not giving as much to you as I want to give. Um, use on demand for three days. I'll be back. Be ready on Monday because it's going to be creative. And um, then they learn that, yeah. okay, they can say that to you. I, I didn't sleep well last night and obviously hopefully they went up gaming but you know um so i think i think awareness is probably that's the biggest starting point and acknowledging where you're at yeah no for sure and you know, i'm no expert I'm, i learn as i go as well and i'm still learning each day but i feel like it it is awareness catching yourself that's one thing i've i've learned recently is just catching myself and and even in moments just saying to my wife like you know, I don't feel good. I don't, I feel like every, it's just too much for me at the moment. Like there's a lot going on and that I would never have said that before. There were days like, oh, you, you probably look at me, is he all right? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Don't just leave me alone. I'll just crack on with it. But now starting to own that space, I guess, and go, do you know, I just, I do, I think I just need a little bit of time or, and it is hard as a, as a head coach, whether you're a male or a female, and I'm assuming even being a female head coach, and I'm sure Janelle can talk about it and many other sort of female coaches at that higher level and having a family and and what sort of you know they've got to go through as well being pulled you know left right and center from from you know their own families and and it is hard and you're right because kids come on pool deck and they look to us as that's the rock you know that's the one thing that that is constant they walk in on pool deck and there's the head coach and he or she is normally smiling or whether it was Richard in the morning dancing with his beats or whatever he had going on. Like, but you know, that was just an expectation. And 
um, you know, Richard's human like everybody else. Um, there were mornings he wasn't dancing around <laughs> to beats like that, much the same as, you know, I'm not always super smiley. So it is a matter of, as you said, catching that um, and then seeking, I think, what's going to work for you. And as you said, like, and we've both shared, I guess, our experiences of um, searching and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And slowly but surely you stumble upon that right path. And then, you know, God bless you. You've started to really find what works for you now. Um, and I'm, I would say half the way there. I don't think I'm quite, <laughs> and I don't get the access to the bloody beach like you do. So, I'm, so you've got to stop saying that because that pisses me off. I've got a sheep, I've got a bloody sheep and goats and, and cows down the road. That's about as, as, um, as pleasant as my area is here in Western Sydney. But anyway, that's our own fault, mate. We moved out of Queensland, so we'll have to come back at some point. <laughs> no, I think that's probably the thing, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, it's making the most of what you've got around you and, and I guess having tools to, to shift it as quick as you can. So, mm. you know, if you do have low energy after that morning session, well, you know, don't go and have your meetings with everyone in the, in the club um, when you want to try and get back up for coaching that afternoon, change them. Um, and I think that's where as coaches and head coaches, I see this a lot, head coaches, the priority shifts from their coaching to being more of like a manager and a business runner and all of that. And um, it's being really honest with whether it's your committee or your president or whoever you operate with the school and saying, you know, I need to be right for coaching because when you're a coach, you get it. You get how much energy and you get how much you are on. And it's like, it's a whole nother level of on. Mm. Um, and they don't. So it's educating them on that. So, you know, don't ask me to, you know, do the pool changeover um, because I, I need to get out because I need to have that one hour at home, you know, in between sessions. I really need it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's what I see, I guess, with head no. coaches. Yeah, no, you're right. It's absolutely key. I don't want to keep drumming on about it because we've spoken for hours and I think we people already get the, the memo there. But yeah, no, it is. It's not easy. Um, but yeah, just taking those moments like um, it's easier, I guess, when we're in a position like we are in terms of it's our own business and we're in control a little bit more. So I can sort of look at my Thursday morning and say, do you know what? That's a quieter morning and I really do need a break at the moment. So I think I'm going to have that morning to just switch off and recharge the batteries and um, you know, probably in the olden days that was looked at as soft or, or whatever it might've been, or oh, come on, you can just get up and crack on through it. But what we're understanding now as um, professional coaches is that that's going to drain you for that Friday morning. And that Friday morning is a set that's super important for those swimmers. And you need to be at your best in your motivational mindset and, and be up for that, for that challenge. And if you're not, then as you said before, you're doing them a disservice. So although, you know, back in the day, it was like, well, you're being lazy. You should have got up on Thursday morning to work. Well, the, the you know, so the flip side of that is, well, you were unprofessional on Friday morning when you walked in half asleep because you were tired and you didn't really motivate the kids that much. And I think we're learning. I'm not saying that's every week, by the way. I'm not saying just advocating for people to have, like, oh, I'm going to have today off. Like there are days and moments to crack on through it. Absolutely. I, I think that mental toughness is important. Um, I was talking to um, Gus Wallen the other day who works a lot with uh, Gotcha for Life. It's a brilliant organization around just looking after your mates. Anyway, and they, they talk about mental fitness, not mental health. They talk about mental fitness. And I think that is important. As I said, I don't want to rabbit on here and take it into another hour because I think me and you definitely can do that. Um, 
But yeah, just looking at that, there are days you have to move through it. Absolutely. But, you know, have a look at your week, have a look at your session. If, if you're coming up to a big meet and you've, and this is a really priority set that's coming up that Friday morning and you feel like you're probably not going to give it everything, well then find a space between those times to, to recharge your battery so you can give it because uh, it, it's, it's probably something, as I said, we're learning more now. Easier said than done for age group coaches like myself, obviously those at the higher level like a Michael Bowl who just specifically has those 12 swimmers that he might look after, it might be a little bit easier to, to yeah. do. So I'm not for a second saying for those head coaches who have an age group program, it's easy, but just being conscious of it is probably the main thing that we've talked about here, eh? Yeah, and I think the same applies to swimmers. I think that mental fitness is key and I and I definitely don't want to generalise too much, but I think the next generation are almost scared of that, that fatigue too much. Yeah. And I think the reason we've got to, and our generation, I guess, has got to where we are is that we have learnt through going too far. And you've got to go too far to then learn where is right for you and that you will still be okay if you do a session where you are fatigued because mm. you, you need to. So I think that finding that balance is hard and, and it's not about, yeah, like you said, missing sessions, so to say, but it's about what are you doing outside of them yeah. And how can you optimize that? Because if you want to be the best swimmer you can be, you're going to have to have some sessions where you don't feel good, but you're going to have to get through them because physiologically that's what we need. That's, that is how the body adapts. Mm. So it's educating that and, and having the tools outside. But I think the next generation, I don't know, I'm observing a little bit more that they're going a bit the other way on things. and. I'm really glad that we learned the way we did and we're going to have yeah. to educate that it's okay to go past the safety switch a little bit. Yeah, we can be that bridge. Yeah. Now, if you, like me at home, have been super impressed with our conversation and what Kirsten has had to say today and is exactly the reason why I have uh, had her working with my athletes since we've gone into COVID, um, and I've been that impressed that even when we come out of COVID, I'm still super keen to have Kirsten involved in our program because I think she's doing wonders. Um, Kirsten, where can they find you, mate? How can we get a hold of Swimnastics? If people are out there that are listening, that want to, to, you know, be a part of it, even if it was just a seminar, it might just be, it might not be to have a week to week thing. Like I've set up, it might just be a, we would love for Kirsten to, to do a talk for our club. Um, how can they get a hold of you and, and what's the, the website they can go to? So www.swimnastics.com.au. Um, there's heaps of information on the website and there's a connect page at the end. So you, if you are wanting to find out the best way to implement it into your club, because it, I wouldn't say there's a one size fits all for any club. Um, mm. Every club is unique and I'd like to talk through with how is best for your club. Um, swimmers, you can jump onto any Zoom class or same thing, you can get in touch um, parents often phone and say, is that going to be right for my child? And I'm happy to talk it through. Um, the Instagram is, I guess, almost like my, um, I don't know, source of communication to the community. Um, so it's gymnastics underscore AU um, because it is in Australia, but we are global. Um, so they're the best two ways. Um, yeah. So jump on the website or send me an email. The email's on the website and yeah, get in contact. Awesome, mate. Well, listen, from, from, for me to you, congratulations with everything that you've, you've done so far. And 
Um, I think you're an absolute star and that whole gymnastic space I think is going to get a lot bigger than maybe you even envisioned. I know you're a thinker, but I, I could see it probably getting to a space where you're like, I didn't even think we were going to get here. So uh, it is really important. I think, as I said, and I'm not talking from someone who's just got Kirsten on as a special guest and I need to pump a tires up for everyone. Like I'm talking as someone who has athletes that work with Kirsten. I get to see it on a weekly basis and my guys have improved so much from the beginning where they probably look like, has Robbie actually worked with these kids doing anything to now? Where I'm sure I've got some swimmers in there, Kirsten, that you can use as examples for what those exercises actually should be looking like for other people, which is incredible. And as I said, it's it's a, a tip of the hat to you and the incredible work that you're doing. I'm glad that we threw the script out on this one. I mean, you just had an absolute ball of a chat. I've really enjoyed it. I hope everyone else has as well. Um, and I'll see you again through the week anyway, through through our Zoom sessions. But uh, mate, until I get you on again, because I definitely think we should have another conversation about God knows what else. <laughs> thank you very much for coming on Off the Block Swimming Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Robbie. Yes, your swimmers looked really, really good on Wednesday, by the way. I actually said to them, whoa, this week. Often it happens in that week. It was so good. So thank you for having me and thank you for having me work with your swimmers. Um, that's what I love to do. So thank you for trusting me with them. And, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. I loved the tangents we went on. And, yeah, keep going with what you're doing. York. Yeah, I, I think we're cut from the same cloth. Who knows what yours is going to go either. <laughs> I did warn you that me and you off scripts with two coffees in our system could go anywhere. But uh, yeah, as I said, hopefully for the listeners, um, you know, they, they really got a lot out of it. I think we didn't just talk about nonsense. We're talking about real world stuff, which I really enjoy because so much of what sometimes the podcast is about, and it's not a bad thing, but it's about very specific times and sets and this and that. And I think um, we can do a lot more in, in the space of, as we said, mental fitness and what we can be doing out and around that sort of stuff. So um, as I said, thank you very much for coming on, mate. We'll definitely be having a chat, but thank you very much. Sounds good. Thank you, Robbie. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Today's episode of Off the Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our good friends at Pro Swim Workouts. Thank you all once again for downloading the show today. Your continued support is always appreciated. And don't forget to check out our other weekly podcast, the OTB Crew Podcast, where I'm joined each week by Lani Pallister, Lachlan Carter, and Josh Edward-Smith. We talk a whole lot of swimming. The crew give their own unique insider perspective on what's going on in the world of swimming, as well as special guest Olympians joining the show for some fun. We also talk music, movies, other sports, and generally just have a good laugh. If you're looking for a fresh swimming podcast with a bit of mainstream twist to it, this is definitely the one for you. Join us every Thursday on Spotify and Apple Podcast for all the fun. I'm not afraid of